Segment number two, Steph's Accomplishment, show number 58, on the way to 200. Steph, you can continue with your story about J.C. Brown and Mount Shasta and the, I don't know what kind of people they are, don't they? What are they called? Well, what are they called? Uh, Lemurians was what, uh, in the uh, legend, and okay. there was a 1934 Stockton record, J.C. Brown claims that they were the Lemurian civilization who predate... Uh, there's a time of Atlantis, so if you believe there was an Atlantis, uh, there very well might be uh, Lemuria, which is a continent that supposedly yeah. that sank. Down, isn't that a song by Donovan? Yeah, 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 yeah he did. Yeah. The Atlantis, Way down in, on the ocean. Right. Yeah, I think I did a karaoke song one time about that. But yeah, I mean, so here it is. It, it's a, maybe a place that is not a mythical continent. Maybe it did exist. And uh, the remnants of these people are, are in Mount Shasta, in the bowels of Mount Shasta. So when I was able to, to finally get photos of, of the, the place, actually go there and actually see it, meet somebody there who witnessed an unusual experience with uh, a man who supposedly was from this race of people, giant being coming out of these doors. And I realized that you know I was threatened when I was out in California and they try to blame me for uh, digging a hole in the mound that I didn't dig, the Forest Service and the FBI. Both were trying to pin that on me, and they even went to the college. I was filming a show at the uh, COS College in, in Weed, and uh, at the time I had finished the season, and they went and asked the uh, producer of the college if they could buy all of the shows that I had done that season because they wanted to find information or uh, something that might have me implicate myself in, in, in digging a hole on my chest. Or so. And Do so, you know why he changed his name, J.C. Brown? Is there any well, indication why he did that? Well, the only thing was is that, and he said, because he was a millionaire. You want to be anonymous? He had to be anonymous. Mm. And the fact that he was not an American, right. he had to slip into the country. And one of the interesting things about him is that on border crossings, there was one time at a border crossing, I asked him if he had ever come to the United States. He said no. This is after coming in a couple of times. And the third time, he lies on the manifest. So I'm saying, gee, why is he lying unless he's bringing contraband back over? So then I realized that, you know, there was something going on because he had mentioned in the legend that he had trouble with the Pinkertons. Now, Pinkertons was uh, like the FBI's right. uh, secret police for, for, the, right. for the train stations. Right. So trains were getting robbed in those days with the bank robberies and stuff. So, you know, they made sure that the trains were well guarded and protected. And if this guy was coming across the border, you know, with... A, 
illegal contraband like that, you want you want to make sure that doesn't that doesn't get out of the country. So, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that I discovered in the fact is that, you know, this was uh, supposed to be a well kept secret. Now, J. C. Brown claimed, you know, that uh, this would be one of the greatest finds ever, and would change history as the way that we know it. But when he didn't show up the morning of June nineteenth in uh, nineteen thirty four, the police were called, and the police were called. And no one knew what happened to him. And what they came to find out is that he didn't take any money from anyone. Right? For the six weeks that he lectured there. So he might be part of Golden Gate Bridge, maybe. It could be. The foundation. So, uh, no, the answer, no, actually, John Benjamin Boddy actually died uh, in England. He went back home after he retired from the Royal County Mining Company. And he died in 1940. So the interesting thing about the whole thing is, this guy was a multimillionaire who just happened to be at the Shasta Springs Resort, hanging out with his friends there on vacation, because they're all millionaires. They already made their money in Mexico when they struck the oil in the El Aguilar Oil Company. Having a few beers. Having a beer, hanging. Some girls with bikinis, yeah. And they saw this unusual rock, you know. So it wasn't Kamala Harris that came out. Well, maybe she came out of the house, the, the rock there. but. Yeah. She they find her way out. They decided to dig it out, and uh, and that's kind of like how they their entrance into it. But when I realized that it was a secret society now who owns the property, and that I was lucky to get on the property to be able to see this, and I saw the just the commotion that I had caused just by coming out there to investigate this. Which, somebody, somebody didn't want this out. That's for sure. No, not at all. I mean, so. Uh, I found it very interesting that this would happen to me, even when I was out there. You know, things stolen of mine while I was out there. And, you know, and then, I have to tell this story here. So here I am, trying to publicize this. And I'm being told, this is five years ago, I'm filming a couple of scenes in a movie. And what happened was, and I'll put it out there now, uh, a friend of mine, had called me and said, you know, people are saying that you dug this hole in the mountain. I said, no, I can tell you the story about it. He goes, well, I still don't believe I believe that you did it. I go, really? I said, well, I'll tell you what. I said, you can make a movie on the fact that I didn't do it. I said, I'll come out there and we can film some scenes about the truth, what happened. And I told him, came out to California and Upon fi finish all this work with him, I went back to Berryvale, which is a place we could have coffee, we could have something to eat. I'm waiting for these girls to come because we're going to go out to dinner before I leave to come back to New York on a train. And uh, some guy sits in front of me. He says, oh, the girls said they'll be right back. And I'm like, who are you? In my mind. And it was weird because I didn't know who he was. But the day before, there's a fellow next to me. you like this. And the fellow was playing chess, and uh, somebody comes over, interrupts the game, and the Indian fellow, who's a Native American, says to the other fellow, he says, uh, I don't appreciate you coming over here and trying to coach, you know, the game here. So he says, wait, wait, wait here for a second. He walks over, pulls out a taser out of his bag, and he says, this is a taser. Come over here again. And he goes, and I'll put, stick it up your taser, ass. Taser, I'll taser your ass. Take your ass, and it won't be Tyrone or Bubba. <laughs> right, so now I'm sitting there, and I'm like, did I just hear that? So, I is wait. Is that you got a taser now? Yeah, this is how it happened. Yeah, so now, what happened was, I said to the Indian fellow, 
I says, by the way, I said, can I see that taser? He shows it to me. Why in the world I wanted to see the taser? I don't know. But I was curious now. He shows me. So I said, look, I'm leaving tonight. I said, where did you get this at? He said, well, I got it downtown over here, the hardware store. I don't want to mention the name of it. He said, but they, you know. Was it Ace Hardware Store? Something like Ace that. Ace is the yeah, place. Yeah, something like that. Ace <laughs> is the place. So now, I said, well, I can't be here you know, tomorrow morning. I said, well, how much over $75 are we going to can, can I buy this from you? I said, I'll give you up to $100 for it. So I negotiate with this Native American fellow to buy the taser. I said, just one thing. Show me how to use it. He goes, well, it doesn't have the charger. I said, is it charged? He says, yeah. I said, you can send me the charger. You didn't give me $24 and some trinkets, did you? <laughs> I should have less the charger. <laughs> So now, he shows me how to use it. I put it in the bag, never thinking that the next day, this fellow sits in front of me, Irish-looking fellow. He was about six foot, blue, eyes of blue, pale blue eyes. You know, he had murderous blue eyes, you know. Speaking of Irish. Yeah. yeah. St. Patty's Day soon? Yeah. A couple of days? Exactly. So now, I'm looking at this fellow with these powder blue eyes. He's telling me, you know, you need to shut your mouth. Really? I said, I, I don't even know you. Shut <laughs> my mouth about what? <laughs> he says, uh, I'd like to take you for a ride today. I said, some things I want to show you, because you're a very inquisitive guy. I said, do I know you? He said, no. I said, Why would I want to take a ride with you then? I said, I'm not getting in your car. He says, well, I got a bullet with your name on it, and I'd like to take you up on the mountain and read you your last ride. I got a taser with your name on it. <laughs> so I sit there. I open up the bag that I have with me. I pull out the taser, I take off the safety, I put it directly in front of him like a microphone. I said, this is a freaking taser. How about I stick it in your mouth, you'll never get to raise your voice again, and then I stick it up your ass, and I just walk you up the mountain, and we bury your fucking ass today. Well, Alan, bang, zoom, he's out to the, the back moon. door. <laughs> bang, zoom, to the moon he goes. So now the Native American guy, Jimmy, looks over and says, Steph, what happened? I says, Jimmy, you better watch out. I says, I think he had a bout with diarrhea. There's shit going all the way out the door. So we very got a laser careful. taser game going on. <laughs> I says, he had abrupt stomach problems after my conversation. And it wasn't Visine in his wine or water. So now the, the guy leaves, right? And I'm thinking, all right. So now I go, I go have dinner with the director who I was out there to do the movie with. And I told him a story. He goes, man, I miss all the good stuff. I said, well, I'm not too happy about this because now i got to get on the train to go back to, uh, to New York. And I've just been threatened. And I know that there's something with this legend. And then, so I was on waiting. Somebody says to me, oh, did you hear about the guy who got lost on the mountain for a couple of days? And when he finally came down, he said he, he, he found a military base in the back of the mountain there. And there was a guard there holding a gun. And the guard said to him, you need to get the F out of here because I was told if I see anybody, shoot to kill. So get the F out of here. So guys, I need some help. He said, you better get the F out of here. He goes, because I'm going to put a bullet in you. So the guy came down the mountain, and he's telling some people in town that there's something going on with this mountain. And so I realized later on that, you know what, they don't want me around there because they got some military stuff going on. And uh, some bad things actually going on. And if they got giants underneath the mountain, maybe you don't want to go there either. So I get on the train, and at that point, I said, man, I just got to get back to the East Coast. So I take the train two, three days till I get to Chicago. This is where we meet. And that's where Al and I meet. And I'm like, dog, tired, because I've 
just been going through the rigors in California and only being threatened, you know, and having some stuff robbed while I was up there. And now I'm coming back and saying, all I want is... Is to get married for, for 30 seconds. Right. Which is what happened on the trains. Mm -hmm. Alan and I met. Transit head. And uh, I met uh, the love of my life for... Uh, about 30 seconds. About 30 seconds. You say, you say 20 minutes, but I say 30 seconds. <laughs> so... so so let me ask you a question. Are you going to write a book about this? Are you going to do a movie about this? Well, what are you going to do with this? Thing? I've written a screenplay about this. I've already written a movie about it. It's called The Legend of J.C. Brown. So I've written that, yes. Uh, I've uh, done interviews with it. I've been on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie, people who know. I've been on about three, four times talking about the legend uh, that we talked about today. One of the nice caveats is uh, on YouTube there, I think they had like 400,000 people who listened just to that one program that I did about the legend, I guess a lot of people were interested the in it. The legend of J.C. Brown. Yes, and you know what you find out stuff. is that there are people who don't want truth to come out. And I'm sorry, you know, um, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. And I, I came across an amazing story that led to an amazing uh, experience in my life and also meeting some fantastic people along the way and realizing that everybody has a piece of the puzzle to share. They might not know it at the time. And as I was going around the country, I was learning, you know, there's some great people around the country. There's also some bad people around the country you got to stay away from. And had I known Bubba and Tyrone, and I know Luigi and Guido, you know, I wouldn't have to have Eric and my other friends up there packing so that way I could go looking at stuff. So I realized that for me to go out to, to look around at some of these anomalies or, or some of these things, it would be very difficult going forward. But I thought this legend is interesting because I have here just a letter, you know, that I got back from uh, the uh, the newspaper, you know. And so it was good to get acknowledgement that, yeah, I did solve it. And I found uh, through uh, border crossings and records that J.C. Brown was really John Benjamin Body, And the only reason he ended up in uh, Stockton, uh, California, was because his wife's family lived on that block. And he's able to, to set up that camp for six weeks for his meetings to be able to discuss his amazing finds in 1904. So if you like what you hear, keep it locked here. We'll be back with final thoughts. Those are Steph's great accomplishments about the legend of J.C. Brown. We'll be right back. Keep it locked here. I see trees of green. I see them blue. For me and you And I think to myself What a wonderful world I see skies of blue Clouds of white Bright blessed days dark sacred nights and I think to myself what a wonderful world the colors of the rainbow so pretty in the skies also on the faces Going by 
I see friends shaking hands Say, how do you do? They're really saying I love you I hear babies crying I watch them grow They'll learn much more Than I'll ever know to myself what a wonderful world yes I think to myself what a wonderful world